0: That's good. That's good. Y'all got some energy tonight. I like that. Uh, hey, if we've not had the opportunity to meet, my name's Pastor Taylor. Everyone say hi, Pastor Taylor. Awesome guys. We're gonna have some fun tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say fun. Now look to your other neighbor and spell fun. Jeez, you guys shouldn't say such mean letters like that, right? Like, y'all, y'all okay if we get a little uh, a little into it tonight? If I get a little real tonight? Is that cool with y'all? Y'all, come on. Right, we as Gen Z, we love real. Can somebody say real? No, you got to say real like you mean it. Say real, right. Uh, how many of y'all can smell a fake person from a mile away? Come on, come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you might be the fake person. Uh, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. But tonight we're talking about grace. Somebody say Grace. Grace is is a concept that that we as a church, we as people, have not really understand. If it's okay with you guys, I'm gonna go outside of the orange box. Is that cool with y'all? Is that cool? I, I I feel like I feel like I might lose my mind if I could only walk right here and stop. Right? I might lose my mind. Also, I wouldn't have an opportunity to get up in some of y'all's faces tonight. Y'all, hey yo, hey yo. So, um. I was talking about grace. And tonight, last week we talked about grace and how God gives us grace. How many of y'all have ever received grace from God? Come on, y'all, come on, raise your hand, raise your hand if you ever, if you've ever messed up and the Lord didn't throw a thunderbolt at you, a lightning bolt and kill you, you've received grace. Let me see your hands now, right? Oh yeah, every single one of y'all. When you forget to take the chicken out, when you forget to take the trash down to the end of the street, right, and you're running out in your pajamas to put it at the end of the street. Oh, nobody else, just me. Oh, I got a couple of friends in the house. Okay, sweet. But I'll tell you this, grace is awesome for us. But tonight I'm talking about grace for others. Mm. And I'm talking about when you have to give others grace, when you have to be graceful to others. And and tonight is all about grace for others. But I want to pray. Is it cool if I pray? Y'all down to pray? Uh, I'll tell you this, everything we do starts in prayer, and the best things that we do start with prayer. So maybe you should pray before you take that test. Hello. Maybe you should pray before you go on that date. Ooh. Maybe you should pray before you get on the internet that early in the morning or that late at night. Ooh. Before you open up Instagram or Snapchat. Oh, hello. I'm in some of y'all's backyards now. I'm I'm in some of y'all's real... uh, Maybe you should pray before you talk to your mom that way. Hello. I'm going to pray now. And and not make so many enemies tonight. <laughs> would y'all bow your heads and close your eyes? With me. God, I pray tonight that you would be with us. God, I pray that you would speak through uh, uh, this this white boy. God, I pray that my words would fall to the floor and only yours would remain. God, I pray tonight that we would be aware of the grace that you have given us. The grace, not only the undeserved kindness, the undeserved mercy, but God, that we would understand that grace is the power to live. And God, that as we accept grace, God, you give us a challenge to give others grace. God, I pray over every single student in this place, every single young man, young woman, God, whatever they've got on their plate. Lord, help them to set it to the side for a moment and be present, God. Help us to be present in this moment because you're in this moment. In Jesus' name, everyone said, oh, come on, y'all got to say amen like you mean. Everyone said amen, amen, amen. amen. Uh, Hey, we got some fun stuff coming up. Uh, Somebody say this Sunday. This Sunday is student takeover. If you don't know what that is, we are going to roll in on Sunday morning at the big people church, the old boomers, the boomer church. We're going to roll in. We're going to kick the doors in. Our worship team is going to go off. Come on, y'all got to be more excited than that. Our worship team's going to go off. Uh, we're going to have our student leaders up on the platform. We have a choir of students. Hello. Hello. And if you're interested and you're like, I want to be a part of the choir and you can't sing, I, I, I want you to be on the choir even more. Because the people who can't sing always have good energy. Can I get an amen from somebody? They're like, I can't sing, but my body can move faster. right? Like that's, that's what I need. I need a little bit of that. Um, and if you want to be a part of that, come connect with Emily. She's right here in the green hoodie. Uh, and if you don't want to be a part of the choir but your homies are going to be a part of the choir, you've got to be a part of the choir. You gotta be a part of the choir. It's gotta be homies, homie choir set up on Sunday. It's gonna be lit. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, somebody, somebody, give me, a, give me a hoya. There it is, right? If you can do that, you can pretend to be in a choir. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna have a ton of fun. Um, and your boy and your pastor, Pastor Taylor, is gonna be preaching Sunday morning, all three services. I'm a little nervous because I can't roast adults as much as I roast students. Because adults get mad and they leave Google reviews. When kids get mad, they're like, I mean, it's kind of true. You know what I mean? There's like that moment of like introspection. Adults they get boomerish and they write angry reviews and they park bad when they come back the next time. So but I'm excited for that. Sunday's gonna be amazing. Um and, and it's gonna be awesome. But I wanna jump into tonight. I wanna jump into grace for others. Um can I define what giving grace to others really means? Because I think sometimes you hear that, right? Like, you got to give grace. Be gracious to them. Be like, hey, I just got to give grace. They they need some grace. I just need a little bit of grace. Right? How many of y'all have ever heard that before? Maybe from Christianese people. I just need some grace. Right? And you're like, you just... You just punched a kid, right? Like, that doesn't work, right? Like, like, I just need a little bit of grace. Like, that's not how that works, bro, right? Like, that's not how that works. But grace is such a misunderstood topic. But tonight I want to talk about what grace really is and how we can give it to others. Y'all down to learn how we can be more grace-filled people? Because uh, how many of y'all know uh, grace-filled people who are gracious to other people are the best people to be around, right? Like when they give you grace when you don't deserve it, you're like, oh, my goodness, you're the best person ever, right? And they're, they're, they are they're could be mad, they could be frustrated, but they instead choose to be gracious, right? Uh, I think about grandmas. Grandmas are some of the most gracious people, right? Like you could roll in muddy, dirty as a little kid. You've been rolling around in cactuses, cacti. You've been rolling around in all of that. You've been running around and you come in and you're like, grandma, I'm so hungry. And she goes, let me just stop everything I'm doing and bake you something. And you're like, oh, oh, Right? Like you suddenly are like, no, I just want some water because it's 118 outside, grandma, right? So we're going to talk about grace for others. Here's, here's what grace to others can be about, showing kindness to someone even when they don't deserve it. Oh, man. If we as Christians operated like that, we would look a whole lot different than the world. If you operated like that, you would stand out from your friends. Ooh. Because Christians look a lot like the world a lot of times. They struggle with the same things. They look at the same bad websites. They treat people just as bad. They cuss at other people while they're driving. But grace is giving people kindness even when they don't deserve it. Uh, How many of y'all have ever had that happen to you? Someone is kind to you when you don't deserve it. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Oh, come on, y'all! Y'all gotta be honest here. Y'all, y'all like, no, I've never had that happen. Raise your hand! Raise your hand! Raise your hand! Raise your hand! Uh, if you've never had that happen, um, I'm gonna tell you you have, and you just don't know it. It's it's by God. He's been kind to you, that you were able to inhale oxygen this morning when you woke up, that you're standing, that you're able to operate, that, that you could have been born another place in the world with way less privilege, way less stuff, way less things in your life, way less relationships, but God gives you the grace to be where he has placed you in this moment. Hello. Good morning. Grace is often going out of your way to give compassion kindness and love to someone, even if they might not appreciate it. Some of y'all get big mad when you give someone a piece of gum and they don't say thank you. (laughs) Like that's not grace-filled. That's not grace-filled, bro. Some of y'all get big mad when you show up to somebody's event or you show up to their birthday party and they don't say thank you. Or you give them something and they don't say thank you and you get all riled up. You're like, you should say thank you. You suddenly turn into their mom, elbows off the table, right? Like you suddenly start policing their life. And that's because we, we sometimes struggle with grace. Another, another part is giving compassion, kindness, or love to someone and not expecting them to return the favor. That's what grace can be. Not a, there, gr- grace is not scratch my back, I scratch yours. Grace is, hey, I'm giving with no expectation in return. And that's what God has called us to. And those are the best kind of people. Um, and I want to I show you this. We give grace to others. This is the first point of my message. We give grace to others because we have received grace from God. Um, the very first thing, um, I'll, just, I'll just tell you this. Um, as a dad, I remember the moment when um, I've only been a dad for seven, eight-ish months. But I can still remember vividly. When my little baby first came into the world and she takes in this deep breath. And then what happens? You guys are so smart. I suddenly feel like I'm in like, you know, there's like an atomic bomb, like alarm sound. like. So that's how I felt. And, And I remember that moment because can I tell you there's a moment where that is, if I'm super honest, that is grace from God that she took that breath. That is grace from God that she was able to go, (sighs) right, and just let her rip. That's grace, and me and you have received grace with every breath that we take because God is that good. I want to show you this. I want to talk about grace. Another synonym for grace, a word that is similar to grace, is mercy. Somebody say mercy, right? Somebody say mercy, Right, mercy is, is, a, is a very similar concept. It's, it's, giving, it's giving a stay, it's giving kindness when they deserve punishment. And it's very similar to grace. But Matthew 5 7 says this Blessed, 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 hello, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. When you give other people mercy, when you give other people grace, God, uh, you will receive grace and mercy, not just from God. Not just from, not just from uh, God or from other Christians, but even in terms of life, in terms of circumstance, in terms of when you get pulled over because you were going way too fast. But because you chose mercy, that police officer has no idea. You could totally be like, I was really kind and merciful to somebody else. You should do it to me. That's probably not going to work. But God has a principle called sowing and reaping. And what what the world is called is it's called karma, but that's not really how it works. It's really sowing and reaping. It's the things that you put out that you treat other people a certain way, it will be given back to you that same way. Maybe not from the same person, but the Lord is faithful, and he's he's true, and he's just, that people who sow pain will reap pain. People who sow uh, 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 hurt will reap hurt. And that's why you don't have to be... The, the executioner is because God has justice. It's because God's going to take care of it. It's because God brings, it says that his throne is built on truth and justice. That's what, his, that's what God is built on is truth and justice. Uh, Colossians 3.13 says this. It says, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Part of grace is being willing to forgive hello, when was the last time you said, I forgive you? Ooh, because a lot of you go, <laughs> somebody go, I'm sorry. And you'll go, it's fine. Is it fine that they hurt you? Are you encouraging that behavior again? Ooh, or some of y'all, somebody will apologize and you'll be like, it's okay. It's fine. It's okay. Tears holding back tears, (laughs) it's okay. When really a better word, a better phrase is, I forgive you. I acknowledge the pain, I acknowledge the hurt, I acknowledge that you mistreated me, but I forgive you. I let you off the hook. Because when you say it's okay, you're inviting repeated behavior. Could you imagine if that's how we approached our legal system, right? If someone did something illegal and they go, I'm sorry. And the judge went, it's okay. See ya. But that's how you approach your life. You forgive relationships or you say it's okay for them to talk about you that way. For them to treat you that way. For that boyfriend. Oh, hello. For that girlfriend. For that. For that friend who's talking bad behind your back, the friend that stole from you, the friend that took advantage of you, took advantage of your family, talks bad about your family, makes fun of you behind your back, it's okay. You're inviting repeated behavior rather than forgiving and acknowledging, hey, I don't want that to happen again, but I forgive you. I let you off the hook. Now it had nothing to do with grace. That's just a forgiveness talk because y'all got to learn to forgive some people. So. Uh, can I tell you this, uh, grace for others actually lets you off the hook. Because here's the thing, when you give grace, you actually suddenly stop being the teeter-totter. And you're like a teeter-totter, right? Do you all even know what a teeter-totter is, right? Like a teeter-totter, uh, what's the other term for it? A seesaw, right? I don't even know why I'm calling it a teeter-totter. I feel like I'm like 85 years old, right? But like a teeter-totter. You're like, Mom, Mom, I learned a new word, teeter-totter, right? <laughs> <laughs> but a teeter-totter is, is a thing where two people sit on opposite sides of, of, of a beam, and there's normally a, a center point, and they jump back and forth, and they balance each other out, right? But let's be honest, not everyone is perfectly balanced in, in their weight, right? If they were both 98.6 pounds, right, and they weighed each other, and they weighed 98.6, they wouldn't, they wouldn't bounce back and forth. They would just even out. And when you don't give grace, you're trying to even everything out. And can I tell you, it's impossible to even everything out. You will never be able to even out how this person treated you badly and this person treated you badly. They're not the same, right? Because because somebody who's random could be like, man, I'll just be real. I'll just tell you my story. I've had some. I've had some hate for the stash. I've had some hate for my incredible luscious mustache. And I'll tell you that no, no, I, y'all are lying. I don't trust none of y'all, right? And here's the thing, is that I've had people who are not very close to me come up and be like, what are you growing there? And Pastor Taylor gets a little fired up. He's like, you got 25 pounds to lose. Why don't you you mind your own business? Pastor Taylor gets a little fired up, but that's a random person. But then there are people who are close to me who have made comments, and that hurts more. Can I get an amen from somebody? Not because, not because the words were different. Not because they were like, oh my gosh, what is that on your lip? They could actually say less, but because of the value that they have in my life, not everything can be even. Not everything can be equal. So when you don't give grace, you try and make it all equal, and it's not equal. You try and balance all the pain that you've ever navigated, and like, I'm going to be mean to everyone. Well, <laughs> the person in second grade who was mean to you and the person who took advantage of you are two different things. Because there's not equal. Pain is not equal. Can I tell you this? The other thing, when we give grace, we let other people be human. Um, I would love if the world was all about like if we really did have robots. and it was just a bunch of robots in you and they perfectly treated you right. They never hurt you. They were always polite. They always opened the door for you ladies, right? They always picked up the tab at the end of the date, right? Like they did everything right. They texted you good morning. Y'all, oh, that was way more, y'all, I guess that's not big for your culture. It was really big in our dating, our dating environment. It was like, did he, did he text you good morning? Like, bro, it's 6.45. What are you talking about? I'm still sleeping, dog, right? And, 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 and it would be so perfect, but people are not robots. They fail you. You fail other people. You mess up. And it would be so much easier, but when we give grace, we let other people be human. We let them mess up without us risking taking relationship away. Right? Because that's the thing we like to do. Whenever there's pain, whenever there's a hurt, we like to pull back. But grace is saying, I'm still going to stay connected. Even though you hurt me, even though you maybe did something or said something, I'm still going to give you grace. Because you're not perfect and neither am I. Um, can I tell you this? Um, some of y'all are wrestling right now because I'm talking about a teeter-totter. And I'm talking about another word. It's an F, it's an F letter. It's four letters. Fair. Tell me you guys need to read your Bible more often without telling me you need to read your Bible more often. Because some of y'all use that, those two F words interchangeable. It's not fair. Man, I wish the world was fair. Man, I wish it was fair between my siblings. Man, I wish, I wish it was fair w- with race. I wish it was all fair. But can I tell you there is no such thing as fair. Do you want me to tell you what fair actually is? I don't know if y'all ready for this. Y'all want me to tell you what fair actually is? Okay, 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 okay. This is fair. Okay, here's fair. Um, Because there are some people in this room, my wife being one of them, that fair is almost a spiritual gifting of hers. Like she'll be like, that's not fair. Right? Like and I remember being a little kid and and I'll just share some wounding that I have. Is it okay if I share some wounding that I have? So I remember some of y'all got phones at like three years old, right? But I was, I was raised in a bitter time, right? I didn't get my phone until I was 14 years, no, 12. 12 years old. 12 years old. 12, 13, 12, 13. Uh, how many of y'all would say you got a phone around that age? Let me see, let me see, let me see. My people, the remnant, the true followers of Jesus. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. How many of y'all got a phone earlier than 10 years old? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you got a phone earlier than eight years old. Oh my gosh. Raise your hand if you got a phone at six years old. All right, there's still. Are you serious? How old? You were five? You don't even know how to tie your shoes. (laughs) She's like, I did. I am an Einstein baby. I have an IQ of 275, right? Like. I love that. That's so awesome. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. If we were talking fair, it wasn't fair for me to get a phone at 12 and my sister to get a phone at 10. It's not fair. Do I have some older siblings in the room, right? You're like, oh, all the babies. Get stuff so early, right? I'm looking at you, all the babies who have like J's on your feet and we went to pay less as the oldest kids. (laughs) All right, I'm going to stir some things up in here. i got to calm it down. There's some serious wounding. Good thing we're talking about grace and forgiveness. All the oldest siblings, make your way up here to the front. You're going to forgive your parents. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we struggle with fair because fair makes sense, but it's not practical. Fair does make sense, but it's not practical. And here, I'll tell you why. Um, Here's what's fair. If we were to look at the entire globe, how many of y'all would say you feel like you have a good um, global view of the world? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, a couple of y'all, couple of y'all, couple of y'all, couple of y'all, couple of y'all. Okay, uh, those of you who don't, I'm proud of you because if you've not been um, to multiple countries or been around the world, you probably don't. And even if you visited, even if you were like, "Yeah, I went this place," I went to Tahiti for vacation. That doesn't really equate to a great uh, world view. But let me give you just a sample, just a tiny, tiny fraction of a good world view here. Okay, um, how many of y'all? How many of y'all know what the minimum wage here is in Arizona? what is it, what is it, 13, what, 1312. no, is it 12.50, it's 12.50, and it's about to go to 13.50, that's the next iteration, some of y'all, come on y'all, y'all gotta know this, some of y'all are like, I've been paid $11 for the last 10 years, right, like, no, you need to know what's going on. You, need to, you, should, you should Google this. Um, but the minimum wage here is, is pretty high. Does anybody know what the minimum wage is in California? $18 right now. Okay, it's $18. Is it $15, $18? I don't even know. What is it? $18. Do you guys want to know what the hourly wage is for the globe? What do you guys guess? guess? $7, $7. What do you guys think? For the world... no. Hourly wage for every hour worked. $3. Okay, okay, y'all ready? (laughs) Y'all ready? 29 cents. 29 cents. And you complain about $12. And you complain because in and out pays better. And you complain because you didn't get a, get a raise. There are people who live on 29 cents an hour. If we wanna talk about fair, then you need to take everything but 29 cents per hour and give it away. That's fair. I thought, I thought we love fair. We, we want to br- bring reparation. We want to make, you know, we want to make rate like, hey, you should give back because people in the past did things that were bad and you got to pay for it. Like, no, 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 no. But if we're going to be fair, then you should send your entire paycheck and live off 29 cents an hour. You should live off of $2.33 a day. See, fair only works, we only like fair when it benefits us. You only like fair when it benefits you. I only like fair when it benefits me. You don't really want fair, you want better for you. That's really what fairness is. If we're super honest, we feel somebody else has better, so we want better under the guide under the guise the mask of fairness and here's the next point in my message fair isn't actually good god is good hello fair isn't actually good god is good and maybe you'd be frustrated you'd be like god i want the gifting of that person but you have no idea of the pain that they had to navigate to get that gift And God is merciful. He's good to say, no, I'm going to guard you from that. I'm going to protect you from that. Because we only see part of the story, not the full story. Um, Can I tell you that if you were to be like, God, this isn't fair. How many of y'all have ever prayed that before? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Tell the truth, shame the devil, right. I've prayed that prayer. God, this isn't fair. My 10-year-old sister has a phone. (laughs) Right. I've prayed that prayer. And can I tell you, God doesn't care about what you think is fair. God doesn't hear you and be like, oh, you're so right. How did I miss that? I missed that. That's unfair. No, 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 no. God is concerned about giving you what you need, not what you want. What you need is maybe a season where you're wrestling with something. Maybe a season that will create thankfulness in you when you have little so that when you do have more, you're actually thankful for it. Maybe the Lord is teaching you something through what you think is unfair, but God is actually protecting you and guarding you from something. I want to jump into a passage of scripture that really, I think, encapsulates grace. Um, and, it's, and it's a powerful scripture, um, and it's a powerful story, but it's probably a story that, without some context, is going to be hard to understand. And um, Back in Jesus' day, um, women were really not even considered f- citizens. They really weren't honored. Um, They couldn't hold a job. They actually were not allowed to, to like, hold a job. They were supposed to be homemakers. They were supposed to be wives. They were supposed to bear children. That was the highest and ultimate goal of the culture at that point in time. I'm glad um, that that's not God's intention. That's not God's intention. God created them man and woman, right? He doesn't say man and then his subject woman, right? He puts them on equal footing, He says that I've created them to go and prosper and be fruitful and multiply. That doesn't just mean kids. That means gifting. Hello. But in this time and culture, if uh, a woman messed up because she didn't have full rights, she actually wouldn't get a trial by a court. If she did something illegal, it would be immediate. Like, we could make the decision because she is a lower class than us. And... um. One of the one of the greatest you know mess ups that women could do would be to be unfaithful. That would be the massive thing culturally for them. Um, it still is, but not quite to the level of Jesus's day, where the mess up the br- I mean, and I think that's men and women at this point in time in this culture. It wasn't nearly as big a deal for a man to be unfaithful, but for for a woman, it was massively probably outside of the ra- the realm of of of. Um, Fairness, and I know we said fairness isn't a real thing, but like expectation or what would be common expectedly for that. So John chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you didn't, it's going to be up on the screen, but it's going to be a lot of reading. John 8, 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, help. Oh, there's a couple people. If your Bible app takes that long to load, you might not be opening it enough. No, I'm not gonna go guess. That's break. John eight one through eleven says this. This is about Jesus. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. Right, this is a place where Jesus went to to pray, but it was also a place where he preached. And shared the gospel and shared, he didn't share the gospel, but he shared teachings and parables and, and, and instructed the people. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. So he's come back into the city. He's come back into the city. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. Verse 3, as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Okay, so adultery is a fancy, a big word for cheating. It's, it's somebody who is married, who is now cheating on their spouse, okay. And there's some big pieces that if we just read the Bible, and this is why you got to slow down when you read the Bible. Don't read to try and get through it. Read to try and understand. Because God's trying to show you something. So let me show you something. Um, it says that she was caught in the act of adultery. So here's the context. Here's where you would ask a question. How did they catch her? Right? And you'd be like, wait a second. How would you catch somebody in the act, right? Um, it would more than likely be somebody spying. It would be somebody doing something that's probably not normal. Hiding in the closet, right? Like, it's, it's weird. It's not normal for this to happen. So this is a very unique circumstance that is kind of weird to the, to the eye. And you can kind of study and ask the Lord, like, hey, why does that happen? And they brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Here's my other question. Um, she was caught in the act of adultery. Where's the dude? If we're gonna talk about, if we're going to talk about fairness, if we're going to talk about righteousness and these are religious te- these are religious teachers, these would be the equivalent of priests and pastors of the day. they wh- where are where's the dude? Oh, he, he got away. He ran really fast. No no no, no, no you. There's very clear you're trying to create something. You're trying to punish one person but not the other. Now watch, verse 4. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Verse 5. Check this out. The law of Moses says to stone her, okay. Stone is not this. <laughs> That's not what stoning they're talking about, okay. Okay. What they're talking about is in the Bible, the way that they would put people to death, they didn't have guillotines, they didn't have the electric chair, they didn't have a a lethal injection. The way that they would kill people is they would reach down and find the biggest stones that they could and they would make that person stay in one spot and they would all throw stones at this person until they died. One of the most brutal deaths that can happen. And actually, because it was not a very consistent form of death, people would get beaten unconscious. They would be d- bleeding out. They'd be dying. And then they would not fully die. They would have to lay there and die for hours. That's the kind of punishment that they're saying, Jesus, this girl's done this. The law says, the law of Moses, who you, you preach, you share his word. The law of Moses says... This is what should happen. Watch what Jesus responds. The law of Moses says to stoner, what do you say? Verse 6, they were trying to trap him. They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Y'all, what a weird thing to do. (laughs) Somebody tries to argue with you, and you proceed to... I don't know if he's writing cursive. I don't know what he's doing, right? And he's just like, right? He's writing in the dust. And what I love about this story is you continue on and you read. And verse 7, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. What do y'all think he was writing? Because the Bible doesn't actually say what he wrote. What do you think he wrote? He's writing, like, please like and subscribe, <laughs> right? Smash that like button, right? Like, I don't. Turn the bell notification, right? Like, I don't. No, what do you think he's saying? What do you think he's writing? The sins. That's what a lot, a couple, a lot of scholars actually believe that Jesus was looking at the group and he'd go, Lenin. And he'd write Lenin's sins out in the dirt. Jace. And he'd write, Jason's sins out in the dirt. And then he'd look, Matt. And he'd write, Matt's sins out in the dirt. Because he was trying to make a point and say, you're trying to be equal, be fair, be true to the law. But you've messed up. And we continue on in this story. This is one of my favorite stories. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust, verse 9. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Jesus was writing a lot of stuff down. He was writing, he's writing, he's writing, he's writing, he's writing. That's what a lot of people believe. A lot of people might have believed that he was writing down the, the other laws of Moses. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. And suddenly these men are like, I've done that. Catch you guys later. That's what a lot of people believe. But there's also the wrestling match. We continue this. When they heard him, they slipped away one by one until it was, Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Verse 10, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? She says, no, Lord. Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. What she deserved in the law was death. What she got was grace. What me and you deserve is to pay for our sins. But instead, God gave us grace. He gives us grace, and we're saved by his grace. And I think, and I think oftentimes <laughs> um, we sometimes like to put ourselves in the story and empathize with the, with the woman. Like, oh man, I've had some people. I've had some haters. Some people who, who tried to accuse me of something, but God doesn't accuse me. But oftentimes when I read this story, um, I think the Lord is actually challenging me that I'm more like the crowd. That in my mind, I, I look at people, I look at mistakes that they've made and I cast judgment. Oh, they're dirty. Oh, they're terrible. Oh, they're just a jerk. Man, they're not a good leader. Man. And I've already made the judgment in my heart. And the Lord would look at me and he would go, if you have no sin, you cast the stone. And I'm challenged because I like to imagine that the Lord is always on my side. But the Lord is graceful. The Lord is graceful to us. And when we stop extending grace to others, we actually put ourselves in opposition of God. Because if God can give grace to that person for their sins, I promise you can give grace for the mean thing that they said on Instagram. For the thing that they said behind your back. If Jesus is willing to die for them, live a perfect life and die so that they could become whole, you can forgive them. You can give them grace. Um, The next point of my message is actually that. If you receive grace, you better give grace. If you have received grace, you better give grace. Um, and, and that's not just from God, but that's even from people. When somebody is gracious to you, don't turn around and be ungracious to the next person. Extend that grace. Continue on in that grace. And if the keys want to make their way up, I want to share this last, this last verse. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Y'all still got some people in your head that, that you didn't extend grace to? Just me? Okay, I think there's a lot of times when we're focused so much on fairness that we forget what's fair is, what's really fair is you should hang on a cross, not Jesus. What's really fair is that you should have nothing. You should be making 23 cents an hour. You, should not, you, you, you shouldn't be focused on what's fair and go, man, the top percent of America. Did you know if your family makes more than $50,000, you're in the top 3% of the world wealth? Talk about one percenters. You're looking at them. Your neighbor is one. And I think we get so focused on the perspective and trying to be fair when really grace is what allows us to be who God has called us to be. Because grace means I'm not perfect. The only perfect person in this entire world is Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, you ain't perfect. You is not perfect. Some of y'all knew that the second you walked in, you looked at your neighbor, you're like, ooh. Yeah, you ain't perfect. But perfection is something that we try and chase, but grace is what allows us to be human to be broken, to be messed up. Mark eleven twenty five 25 says this, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. That's what we're gonna do tonight. I think if I'm really honest, there's some people in this room who'd say, Pastor Taylor, I got some people that I have not forgiven. In my heart, I'm still hanging on. I may have, I may not cry every time I talk about it, but I'm still hurt. I may not clench my my fists and grind my teeth and try and punch somebody every time, but I'm still hanging on to it. And when you hang on to something, it's it's called bitterness. And bitterness is like the lowest character trait we want. (laughs) Nobody likes a bitter old person or a bitter young person. Can I tell you, bitterness is poison that you drink expecting the other person to die. You drink the bitterness like, I'm going to hold on to this. And really, they continue on with their life and you're dying inside. You've got some things you've got to forgive tonight. Mark 11:25, 25. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. It's a tough verse because I think we, we, we equate that verse to like, okay, God won't forgive me unless I forgive others. No, 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 no. The, the way I have studied and interpreted this scripture is that you cannot understand the full depth of forgiveness. You can't fully understand how much God has forgiven if you're still holding on to stuff. Because the small understanding that you gain of forgiving that, that, that ex or forgiving that person who hurts you or forgiving that leader, forgiving that coach, forgiving that family member that did that thing helps you to be fully open to God's forgiveness. When you're hanging on to something you can't receive. When you've got a clenched fist, I can't put money into it. When you've got a closed heart, there's no room for God to minister and heal. Here's how I want to close tonight. And you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. And if you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Taylor, if I'm super honest, I hear you talking about forgiveness and Jesus and this story of the, with the woman. But if I'm really honest, I don't really have a real relationship with Jesus. I've made decisions, I've walked away from him, or maybe you're in this place and you say, I need Jesus to be my Lord again. Maybe for, maybe again, or maybe for the first time you're in this place, you say, Pastor Taylor, that's me. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. If that's you and you're in this room, I wanna pray for you. But before I do that, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. This is a private moment between you and God doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. This is between you and God. If that's you, I want to pray for you. But would you just be so bold as to just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Just raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just raise it up. Just raise it up. The Lord was willing to die a, a bold death for you. I promise you can be bold and raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys can put your hands down. I'm so proud hey, if you raise your hand, I wanna lead you in a prayer, but we're all gonna pray this prayer together to support those who are praying this for the first time. Would you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, now come on everybody in this room with your voice and maybe for the first time or maybe as a redeclaration of your commitment to Jesus, say, dear Jesus, I've messed up. I'm broken. I need you to be the Lord of my life. Wash me. Make me clean. I repent of my past, of my sins. I'll follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and support those who just made that decision for the first time? Hey, altar team, can you go ahead and make your way up here? Hey, would you all stand to your feet all across this room? We're not done just yet. We're not done just yet. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Remember how I talked about forgiveness? We're really gonna do that tonight. (laughs) And here's what I wanna tell you, young man, young woman. That unforgiveness you're hanging on to, it doesn't lead anywhere. It doesn't lead anywhere good. It only leads to more pain, to more hurt, to more frustration. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room? And here's what I wanna ask. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Taylor, I got some people I gotta forgive. I got some family members, I've got some friends, I've got a previous relationship that hurt me that I need to forgive. Because I'm tired of carrying it. There comes a point where you just get tired of carrying pain the bitterness I think God wants to take that off of you wants to take it off of you so with all heads bowed all eyes closed I'm going to count to three and if that's you and you say Pastor Taylor I need to get this forgiveness off of me out of my heart I'm going to count to three and I want you to come find somebody up here to pray with This altar team wants to pray with you. There's something to going, hey, I need to forgive my mom. Hey, I need to forgive my uncle. Man, I need to forgive that person who hurt me. I need to forgive that relationship. I need to forgive my ex because I don't want to carry this anymore. And they're going to pray with you. And here's what I believe. I believe God is going to minister to your heart. I believe God is going to set some things free. He's going to set your heart free to to begin to be open again to what he has. So I'm going to count to three. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. One, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. This is between you and God. This is for your heart. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Your heart is more important than their opinion. Two, you gotta forgive. You gotta forgive to feel the full forgiveness of God. I think he has a new depth of forgiveness he wants to show you. Three, if that's you, get out of your seat, come find somebody to pray with, get out of your seat, find somebody to pray with. Come on, come on worship team. If you didn't step out, I want you to just begin to worship. I want you to begin to worship God. Come on, come on. If that's you, I'll encourage you. Step out of your seat. Step out of your seat. Come find somebody. Come find somebody. Come find somebody. There's some some leaders.